Hey everybody, this is Billy West, and um, the things I do today, all these voices and everything else, movies, television, radio, oh man, you name it, I've done it. And I work with a bunch of big dumb disc jockeys, and they used to have voices like Zap Brannigan, and they say, 20 minutes past 7.30, eh? And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night Dick. You're home for this sort of thing. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It will make a duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. From the Frozen Caffeine Exchange on sub-level 6, deep in Area 51, hello and welcome to TalkCast 319, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Enjoying the new Aaron Paul tattoo on my wrist, I'm the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, the, some of the Gang of Five in the Acton Tardis Polishing Plant, Technical Anarchist, it's our own button-pushing, keyboard-clacking, sonic screwdrivering girl genius. This week, extra croutons, it's Kriana. Who's Aaron Paul? Are you sure it's not Aaron Burr, sir? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Aaron Paul. From the stacks of her personal space in the Dank Dungeons Industrial Card Catalog, you'd be friends robots all along the East Coast and defriends non-human Facebook stalkers, it's Zombrarian. Who's forgotten to unmute herself again? No, I was the mute button. That's I okay. couldn't reach the button. <laughs> and, and why couldn't you reach the button, my dear? Because I'm lying on the floor. Ah, that explains with, with a small cat, I assume. No, I was trying to get something that fell under the couch. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just said with the cat. That would have been fine. That would have been fine. You could just slide your way through that, and we would have bought it. <laughs> Everything would have been fine. But now, thank you. The entire listening audience has a a picture in their mind, and never mind. All right, I'm going to get that thing now. <laughs> Hopefully, joining us later, returning from undercover training in the southeast, Timbuktu Screaming Yellow Zonkers plant. After three weeks at Callahan's detailing simulation center, Mano asked me just the other day, "Don't can I do the ending, pretty please?" Can I do the ending? Our Midwest correspondent will be joining us later. The guy who really likes shiny stuff awake by Java. However, tonight, it's Northeast Comic Con's special guest night. And joining us tonight is the wonderful, beautiful Chase Masterson. Chase, welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, guys. How are you? Oh, it's it's awesome having you with us tonight. And, and uh... It's a beautiful day here in uh, Area 51, and I hope you're having a wonderful time there on the West Coast, wherever you are. You may know Jace Masterson you. from Deep Space Nine. Uh, that's where I first fell in love with her. Just saying. Uh, lately, you will have seen her in The Flash, and something called Doctor Who's Vienna. So, what, yeah. Yeah, what's that one all about? Well, first of all, thanks for checking out my site. Um... 
you know. Um, yeah, no, Doctor Who, um, Big Finish is a, a really great, uh, great production that Big Finish Productions does um, in London. It's the audio adventures for Doctor Who, so it's all BBC licensed, and it's Doctor Who stories using using the original casts. And I was asked to um, come aboard as a guest star, and I played opposite Sylvester McCoy, who was the seventh Doctor, as I'm sure you all know. And um, I played his nemesis, and my character went over so well that they, well, we broke the internet, and they said, would you like your own show? So, Wow. That's yeah. what a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah, let me think. A Doctor Who spinoff? Yeah, not bad. Okay, I guess. Um, and it's lots of fun, and we are going into season four. And it's uh, critically acclaimed. We get fantastic reviews. Um, again, it's only audio. It's not TV, but... They are fantastic science fiction stories. Like, anybody who really loves sci-fi is going to love this stuff, and that's, that's why we're in season four. It's, it's really popular. It's also a cool story about strong women uh, and smart women, and Vienna is really smart and also really funny with that kind of dry British humor. Um, and uh, Vienna's very funny, but she's also goofy, She's like, um, and she's, like I said, she's a, 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 a mercenary assassin. So it's kind of like if La Femme Nikita and um, Elaine from Seinfeld had a baby. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a yeah. wonderfully it's, odd combination. <laughs> thank you. It's funny and sexy and silly and people love it. So I would highly suggest you guys check it out. It's at, uh, it's at bigfinish.com and the name of the show is Vienna. You started out in my eyes uh, in what was for me, and we've had this argument among the hosts, what is for me my favorite of the Star Trek franchises. Do not, do not put any quarters in the creepy jar tonight, Dome. I'm not putting quarters in the creepy jar. I'm just warning you right now. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Deep Space Nine was my favorite of all the franchises. And it, part of it was because... I, I think that it, almost deserves a creepy turn. Hey, no, it doesn't. Nice try. I'm sorry, but The Next Generation was far superior. Not that, oh, okay. not that Deep Wait, Space Nine hey, isn't hey, wonderful. Hey, Kriana, whatever your name is, Kriana, he and I were talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on. Thank you, dear. And Yeah, don't butt in. Okay. <laughs> and part of why it was so amazing was the fact that there was a really diverse cast of humans, all different kinds of aliens, all living together in this very small, compressed space. And part of what went on at Quark's was the Dabo gaming tables, and there you were. Um, what got you involved in, in the Star Trek franchise? Well, I auditioned, basically. Um, I auditioned for the role of Marta first, and it got down to two of us. If you'll remember, Marta was the Dabo girl in the second season uh, who dated Jake. And um, she was a Bajoran Dabo girl also. And I really wanted that role, and I worked really hard. Uh, we went back and back, and they narrowed it down to two of us. And I was the runner-up, and then they wrote the role of Lita for me. Oh, how cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was That's fun. a huge compliment. 
It was pretty neat. Yeah, thank you. So to have a show like that create something for you out of the blue was, yeah, it was cool. And then, you know, you've done a lot of other science fiction-y stuff ever since then. It, did you ever have kind of an affection for science fiction? Or did it start out as just an act, acting job that kind of grew into this kind of incredible stuff? That was well, I'll question. tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, say it again? That wasn't even a question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, that was a good question. Um, I did. I actually watched The Next Generation because I had a boyfriend who was such a Trekkie that I was only allowed to call him during commercials. So, oh, um, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So I often say, just say it. Huh? That makes sense. <laughs> well, I, I guess that was, you know, that's the way it went. And I always say, who's sorry now? So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, Anyway, it was a great job, and it's led to a lot of other great things, and I'm so happy that I've done the show, and everything that it's meant has really meant a lot. You've uh, used that role in some Star Trek spinoff stuff, and also with Inspector Spacetime, which you can't call Inspector Spacetime, but into all kinds of other science fiction-y stuff. Uh, so you now have kind of an affection for the genre? Oh, yeah, definitely. I always did. I mean, for sure. It's it's a great genre for so many reasons. I mean, you wouldn't have been dating the Trekkie otherwise. You wouldn't have put up with that. <laughs> not quite. No, no, not at all. What would I today? I was, I was a different girl then. But um, bottom line is, yeah, it's led to a lot of other great things. I mean, the science fiction audience is among other things, so incredibly lovely and faithful in, 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 their, in, in, in you guys' support. I mean, just the ability to move from one project to another has been lovely. And there's so many other things that you guys love and stand for and, you know, all the great things about Star Trek and its transcendent themes and infinite diversity and infinite combinations and prime directive. All of those themes are really, really cool. And it's great to be a part of this group of people that believes in stuff that's so cool and so important to not just entertainment and making a great show, but so key to making a better world, a real, better real world. Now, you spend a lot of time, <clears throat> and this is the first time uh, I'm going to be able to get to see you in, in the Northeast. I don't know that you've done a lot of stuff in, in New England at conventions, uh, but I do know that whenever you're at a convention, you're one of the people who gets mobbed a lot. So how okay. often do you do conventions? Well, I've got a really super full summer schedule. I think I have three weekends off between now and the beginning, the middle of October. Um, it's really like I'm going from one thing to another these days, and I'm really excited and grateful. Um, so, yeah, a bunch, a bunch. But I love the fans, <laughs> and I... I love what happens at conventions, you know, people coming together and having a great time and loving seeing each other and, you know, everyone just, you know, really gathering together for great causes, you know? I mean, it's it's really, it's I'm just rambling here, but it's really fun no. to meet people who love the same thing we do, you know? It's funny because I think every one of the Star Trek franchises has their own families now. And then at places like uh, the Vegas convention in which there's literally everybody there. 
uh, it's it's kind of like one huge family for all of you guys. Yeah, it's boy that Vegas Con is crazy, and it's been sold out for gosh, months. Yeah, I think it's been sold out since the last one, and it's going to be a blast. We've already started celebrating the 50th with uh, DeadCon a couple weeks ago, which I hosted. It was DeadCon, a fantastic show in Germany, which is like world renowned because it's just, it, it's really sweet and fun. All the fans dance into the wee hours in the morning, and it's it's great. So we, we started celebrating the 50th then, and uh, then in Italy a couple weeks ago after that, and then Vegas is going to be the big blowout. So. That's It'll be amazing. Fun. Yeah. Great. Yeah, thank you. So, in 2013, you created something called the Pop Culture Hero Coalition. Yes. And this is something you created. Yes. So, I want you, if you could, to just explain for the listeners what it's all about. Thanks. Well, I realized that nobody had ever made a big stand against bullying in the pop culture world. Um, there are, you know, lots of great themes in science fiction about, you know, as I said, infinite diversity and infinite combinations and heroism. You know, all of these stories that we love are about heroes and about being a hero. You know, that's why we love our captains. That's why we... We love our captains for a lot of reasons because they're flawed heroes. But bottom line is, we love it when the good guys win. And so, why not be the good guys? Our theme is we love superheroes. Why not be one? So, um, it came about like this. I had been mentoring kids coming out of gangs since 2008, and I worked very closely with these kids and still do. And um, it, in fact, I just got 20 of. 25 of their these kids' kids. So, you know, like these kids that we mentor are like 30 years old and they have kids that are 10. And we got, I got 25 of those kids into summer camp for absolutely free through the YMCA. So I was doing stuff like that and getting, helping kids, these guys get jobs and get into substance abuse programs and get into, um, all sorts of things like domestic violence counseling and a lot of things to help get their lives together. And I asked them, you know, how did you guys get into such a horrible lifestyle? I mean, gang lifestyle is awful. And almost every single one of them told me that they had been bullied into getting into gangs. And this is happening like, you know, an hour from my house in LA or half an hour from Hollywood. And it's just, um, it's just indescribable. So I thought I started thinking a lot about oppression and why it happens and why people's thirst for power is enough to where they would hurt other human beings. So that was all like in my head. Then there's a little girl you may have heard about. Her name was Katie and she was bullied in first grade for carrying her Star Wars lunchbox to school. And all the boys would follow her around and haunt her and say, you're acting like a boy. Girls can't love Star Wars. You're acting like a boy. Well, that's ridiculous, as we know, right, Kriana? And yeah, that definitely so, made the front page of Reddit. <clears throat> yeah, that's not cool, right? Yeah. And so, um, 
little Katie went home and she told her mom about this. Her mom, Carrie, has a popular blog, and her mom wrote about this happening and said, you know, my daughter is being gender bullied. This this can't happen in the world. Well, Huffington Post picked up the blog, and Katie and her mom went to sleep and woke up to hundreds and hundreds of people commenting, we love you, Katie. You be who you are. We're women. We love science fiction. You just be you. And don't worry about those stupid boys. And <clears throat> Katie and her mom, Carrie, woke up to hundreds of messages of support and a message from Lucasfilm. <laughs> support, yeah, I know, supporting Katie. And Carrie, her mom, decided, well, there's got to be something to this. You know, there's, this is really a really big issue. So Carrie and I kept in touch, and she told me she's going to write a book, and she interviewed me for the book, and she asked me to help her get in touch with some other actors. And I helped her get in touch with Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca, as we know. So now Peter Mayhew, the real Chewbacca, is friends with little Katie, who is bullied for loving Star Wars. Don't fuck with us, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that has to oh. be really cute. And by the way, because the the he's the giant, about, and she's probably like, "Yo, yeah." yeah. The woman we're talking well, about yeah. is Carrie Goldman, and who is a wonderful author, and yes. has written a couple of just amazing books. Yeah, she's fantastic, and and I could hook you guys up with an interview with her if you if you wanted. That but, would be terrible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. we, we could probably throw a link to her blog in the we show. Ha I have, yeah. yeah, okay, Absolutely. very good. Yeah, just make and sure. her book. Her book came out. It's fantastic. It's called Bullied, What Every Parent, Teacher, and Kid Needs to Know About Ending the Cycle of Fear. And HarperCollins bought it. And it has now become like one of the go-to books in the world for ending bullying. Um, Carrie is a huge researcher. She's a brilliant lady. She's a great writer anyway. So, um, yeah, her book is incredible. And it's won all sorts of awards and, and all that went really well. Well, Carrie asked me to help her get her book into Comic-Con. And I said, yes, I'll do that. But let's do more than that. Let's form a big group to rally as much support behind ending bullying as possible. So, um, so I said, you know, let's form a coalition and get people from all ends of the subject, all, you know, part of people from the industry, actors, writers, directors, let's rally support. And of course the phenomenon of fandom and a lot of fans have been bullied very unfortunately, but it's true. And we just thought, let's put a dent in this issue. Let's do all we can using pop culture because we love these stories on, on the screen. Let's make them happen in real life. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. So I got to tell you, so the first thing I did was I called, I thought a coalition. Uh Oh, now what am I going to do? So I, I thought, well, what does a coalition need? How about the United Nations? So I called the United Nations Association. I called them cold. I looked up their number online. And I called them and I said, Hi, um, this is Chase um, Masterson from Star Trek. And um, I'm doing a thing at Comic-Con to end bullying, um, a coalition. And we're, uh, we're you know, going to do everything we can. So would you like to join us? And they said, oh, my God, we've always wanted to go to Comic-Con. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't that fantastic? So the UN came on board, like, the next day. It, it, this is actually the United Nations Association. We've since worked with the actual UN quite a bit. And um, bottom line is we are rallying all sorts of support. We've worked with um, 
The Anti-Defamation League has come on as a partner. We work with the No Hate Campaign regularly. They're an official partner. Um, we have worked with Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence because they've got a really cool program that meshes well with ours. Um, there's all sorts of great support coming on board. And then fans are really rallying around this issue. We work in schools, Comic-Cons, and communities. Um, one school we worked at recently was the school in San Bernardino that was affected by the terrorist shooting. And um, I heard on the radio that the shooting happened about a half a mile from an elementary school. And I thought, well, that's got to be traumatic. So I called them and I said, who's helping you guys? Who's working with you with trauma? And they said, nobody. So I got two clinical psychologists, amazing women, uh, Dr. Andrea Letamendi, who does a blog called um, The Arkham Sessions, actually a video, uh, audio blog, um, and she does un, um, Behind the Mask Online, or Under the Mask Online. Anyway, and then um, Dr. Janina Scarlett, who's got a book coming out this year called Superhero Therapy. And these women, like I said, are clinical psychologists that work with people in trauma using pop culture. So how did Harry Potter deal with his trauma, his anger, his loneliness? Um, how did Batman deal with his trauma when he lost his parents? And what choices did he make to become a help to this world rather than hurting himself in his anger and, and his pain? And like, what can we learn from pop culture and make our lives better? And it's working. It's, we've got programs, you know, that have been happening all over. We've done 16 Comic Cons in the last uh, seven months. Just a lot. And it's, it's a message that because it's so deep, deep in your heart, people feel the passion. And, and that's how people join you. And that's how the word gets out. One of the things that I read on the website is <clears throat> one of the four components. One, two, yeah, there were four. Uh, suicide's a component that you deal with, bullying in schools, cyberbullying, and LGBT bullying. Um, and I've got to tell you, um, I've been involved in witnessing and dealing with almost all of that at one point yeah. or another and yeah. it's incredibly uplifting to read what it is you're doing to hear you talk about what it is you do talk a little bit about uh the uh lgbt bullying component that that you guys work with oh absolutely with the perspective well, no that my wife is also on the line Yes, absolutely. Just to give you fair warning. Oh, that's that we're really wonderful. Extremely knowledgeable about these issues. Just that's super. That's so great, and that's exactly what we're standing for: is your rights to be married and your rights to love each other openly and publicly, and to have actually health sidebar, insurance. Our first anniversary is in five days. I was just about well, to mention that. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations, Priyana. And what's uh, and what's your wife's name? Where are, she's Zombrian. She's been talking to you all evening. 
Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. When she says cool. she's under well, the couch. She's under the couch, one wall away from me. <laughs> got it. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations, you two, and and that's exactly what we're here for. Is you know just making sure that the world really knows that you guys have a right, and we're also here to be of encouragement and support to people who are afraid to come out of the closet, who don't feel like they have anybody that accepts and listens to them and feels like, and just, you know, just to let them know that they have a right to be exactly who they are. And unfortunately that doesn't happen in every zip code in our country yet. And, well, and you know, the does, thing is, even in zip codes where you think it would, it doesn't always happen on an individual basis. Sometimes you get yeah. unpleasantly surprised. Um, a lot of the time. I would say 50% yeah, that's of the exactly time. True. I would say 50% yeah. of the time. That's just awful. And I'm so sorry. And I, I do know that. And I, I know that, you know, even though our society is, you know, great and, and, and I, I don't mean tolerance. I mean accepting, like, not even accepting, I don't mean that either. I, I mean cherishing. Like, yay you. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> you know, I think most people would stand for being treated like a person. Yeah. That would right. be a start. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's very upsetting how, you know, ridiculous and people are afraid of things that are different. And it's worldwide. It's, you know, it's not better it, it, well, in so it's many not, parts I of think that's country. a little, well, yes, different, but also afraid of things that are um, threatening to them. Because it's not simply the difference that's going to trigger this response in people, right? It's it's not just, oh, you're different, and therefore I'm going to make fun of you. It's, you're different, and that scares me for some reason. Right, and that's the thing, is that why should people be threatened? Love is love, and there is no threat. That's a perceived threat. It's not a real threat, and if it makes them feel their own leanings toward that, then that also shouldn't be seen as a threat. That should be seen as a, a part of themselves that they're, you know, just now looking at. And this is not a threat. And why, why in the world would anyone ever see it that way? And I just feel like if we create a society that is, the only acceptable response is yay inclusiveness for who each individual has. Then the few stragglers will have to catch up, you know? Well, They'll have no, to. they don't. All right. <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> I, I like what you're saying, but practically they don't. And that's sort I, of humanity, right? I know, but we're going to do all we can. And I... And I think this is also really long-term. I'm not saying we'll even see this in my lifetime. I, I mean, I'm not but, saying it's not a, a worthy goal worth working towards. Just, you know, well, realistically, grandmothers and grandfathers are kind of racist still. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason that stereotype's around. And, yeah. you know, this, this is going to be the racist of our... You know, aside from actual racism, which <laughs> yeah, it's is, a whole other. Oh, it's true though. This is is very this prevalent. is exactly yeah. This is the civil rights issue of our one of the civil rights issues of our era, 
and it's really up to us to make a stand for it. And like I said, I don't know if we're going to, you know, we're not going to change the minds and hearts of, of a lot of people, older people, especially grandparents, whatever. But if we can go into schools and start leading kids toward inclusivity at an early age, even if they're taught differently at home by asshole people, <laughs> parents, right-wingers, yeah. whatever, then at least they'll have a chance because they will have learned something in a fun way at school. That's it, my goal. If we can point them to, hey, look, you know, Buffy or an angel and, you know, different, you know, I, I know that there's been some really sad and upsetting stuff happen on the 100 lately, but, you know, hopefully if we can get more inclusivity on television for the LGBT community. Actually, then, now that you say that, it brings to mind a show we just started watching uh, for, that's new on sci-fi. And I'm saying sci-fi because they deserve not to have a ridiculous name right now because it's so good. <laughs> um, and, and we actually put off watching it till just now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw I that on your bio that you like sci-fi. What, muted, what is, what's sweetheart? the show? It's Winona Earp. Okay, I haven't seen it. And it is a fabulous show that includes a lesbian character in a not heavy-handed manner. And it includes mm-hmm. a woman who is questioning her sexuality and is attracted to this other character and it confuses and that is something that is I don't think is ever shown I can't think of another example of that actually if you look at what's going on in person of interest in the final season that's going through right now don't just shout through the wall she's muting herself I can't. Really I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't watch every show on television, and I need to catch up on on some stuff because I just I've been out of the country for about a month. No, I, I, I just got back last night, like, but you're, it's usually like one or the other, and you see people who definitely know what they want. And many times in life, especially at the ages that you're talking about, yeah, you don't know what you want. Yeah, you're just sort of starting to have hormones and figure out well how much that sucks. <laughs> well. And, it, you know, or doesn't. And anyway, it's yeah, it's good that there is representation on television. And mind you, and not that I would mind if you think otherwise at all, but I'm seeing this as a straight woman, and I think it's an important point to make because we need to stand up for each other. We need to have white people stand up for black people and Asians and the. American Indian, you know, Native American community, and we just need to create a world where we care about each other as much as we care about ourselves. These are, that's the way we're going to create change here, you know? Diversity needs to be cherished. Yes, it's only right and fair, and that's the bottom line with what we want to create, is that kind of world, and I feel like pop culture is one of the best ways to do it because these stories are what people love to watch. And if we can make those stories points happen in real life, then that's a fun way to lead the world into just into better accepting and loving and cherishing each other. You know, the the amazing thing about Chase Masterson is she's a terrific actress she has a terrific heart. 
And she takes the two of them and never lets them separate, makes them a part of who she is. And I can't thank you enough for the stuff that you're doing. It's absolutely wonderful. That is such a nice thing to hear. I wow, I'll take it. I that really <laughs> that really touched my heart. Thank you for saying that. Oh, you're very welcome. And and you know, listeners, you know, if if you love her because you knew her on Deep Space Nine, if you love her because you saw her on The Flash, if you love her because of the work that she does that literally people never hear okay, about. Wait, you know, dumb. Yes. Stop. Stop. We're going to have this conversation right now because I cannot stand this for one more second. All right. Chase, pardon me. Mm-hmm. For just a minute. Mm-hmm. When you introduced Chase, you introduced her as the wonderful, beautiful Chase Masterson, which undoubtedly she is. However, how would you introduce Spider? You would never say that he is wonderful and beautiful. If we had a lovely man on, I am amazing and talented. You, it's... A, okay. Yeah, guess what? Chase is also amazing and talented. My yes, point is. here is to point out the dynamic between the language you use for male versus female guests. And there's a giant difference, and it's extra glaring tonight. I'm sorry to do this right now. But it really, really is. Like, ridiculously obvious right this moment. Because what you just did just now... As, as we're ending the interview, is you mentioned the two things of visual media that you can find her in and completely glossed over the awesome frickin' Doctor Who spinoff. Not consciously, probably, I'm assuming. But, well, thank yeah, you. And, I, and I he, mean, he brought up just... the Doctor Who before, and I, I appreciate that a lot. Sure. And, I, but and it's not you. about I... Doctor Who. It's, it's about the dynamic of women must be pretty and men must be talented you are talented you are also there are men that are pretty but that's not how we describe them they are pretty secondarily to their talent there is a a a cultural um norm of mentioning a woman's looks and i i appreciate that you um give me one second Oh, need a drink of water. Sorry, okay. I appreciate that you. I appreciate that you are are, are uh, complimentary. Of, but I also appreciate you're seeing the inside, and and you did bring that up, and I appreciate that most of all. Um, that's what really is important to me, and anything that gets me there is fine. If you know, being an actress with. Hey, I'm Whatever not saying on if, the you, if you got them, you use them, woman. Just use them, okay? <laughs> right. Well, that's but the bottom line is if it, if it gets focused to the real issues, then that's fine with me. And if you'd like to meet her and talk to her and get to know more about the work that she's doing with the pop culture Which heroes, she'll be. Uh, yeah. She'll be at Northeast Comic Con and Collectibles Expo. Uh, yes, on Saturday, right, June eighteenth and nineteenth, she'll be there both days, and get a chance to meet her. It's uh, in uh, Wilmington, Massachusetts, and they are one of our lovely sponsors. Thank you, Gary Summers puts on a fantastic show, and I have heard great things about it. And I understand he's going to be one of your next guests. Yes. Uh, actually, 
he bumped to next week to give you as much time as you'd like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope he gets to talk before his show because it is a fantastic show. I've heard really good things about it. Yep. Lots of families there and lots of cool, fun stuff happening. And um, and I'm speaking just, of visual media, Gary's shirts <laughs> are a category <laughs> unto themselves. If, if oh he doesn't God. show up for a show, we'll ambush him with a camera at the actual convention. This will happen. Excellent. No, get, All right. on so will you guys be there? Absolutely. Well, yes. Hooray. All right, good. I'm looking forward to meeting you guys. Make sure you come up and say hello, okay? We will definitely do that. Chase, okay. thank you so much for a thank wonderful... Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, can I give you a couple websites real fast? Absolutely. Thank you. Well, my website is chasemasterson.com, and on Twitter, I'm at Chase Masterson, and I've also got a, a page on Facebook, um, Chase Masterson page. Um, the Coalition website is popcultureherocoalition.org. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. And on Twitter, we are at Superhero IRL. So, um, and on Facebook, we're actually, we've got a different name. It's Pop, uh, it's Pop Culture Anti-Bullying Coalition on Facebook. So um, check those out if you like. Um, I tweet a lot about the coalition and our work. So um, I hope to see you guys there and I can tell you more uh, through social media. But anyway, thanks so much for having me here, and I look forward to meeting you guys next weekend. You got it. So next weekend? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. Take care, Chase. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Okay, you too. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us. <laughs> thank you for all this and for all your support, and I look forward. Okay, talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks. Okay. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Kriana, it's time for news. So, <laughs> no Java tonight to uh, be the master of ceremonies and segues. The master of segues, yeah. Ceremonies and Every segues. Every time you say that, I think of Java doing the thing like you know chris pratt in the really famous bit in jurassic world where he's got all the the dinosaurs around him in a circle and he's like holding out his hands i imagine java in a circle of scooters <laughs> like taming them all taming the taming the segways hmm. yes could okay. be it could be i don't know anybody got anything they want to talk about you can talk about winona earp we should have okay. started watching that a while ago. It's really good. The pilot was really bad. Okay? Almost. We almost didn't get through the pilot. Because it oh, was so, just... So the it pilot wasn't was even, Siffy worth. It, no. 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 You know that horror convention? Does, wait a minute. Does, wait a minute, Sunburn. You know that horror convention we used to go to in Worcester? I do. And the, like, not even B-side movies that were there? The, like, D-side movies that were there? Well, they're pretty much at every convention, but yeah, I yeah, know Yeah, well, yeah, that's what the effects were like, and really? that's what the acting was like. It was just wooden, and the writing was but it was clearly, I said, you know what, we gotta give this another episode, because the pilot is always kind of bad, because they just make it to pitch the show, basically. They have no budget, and once they 
get budget, I bet it's going to improve. And it did. Somber Anne. Yes, it would, did. Would you like to? I would like to point out that I told you we should watch it way back at the beginning of the season, and you said, that's the most ridiculous name I've, I've ever heard. It is. Then you said, who is Wyatt Earp? That doesn't sound like a real person. I don't believe that's a real person. You don't believe Wyatt Earp was a real person? I learned something. Whatever. <laughs> so it's an educational show as well. At least well. for Kriana. Yeah, well, a- I mean... Kind of. It's kind of the way that you don't expect Salem to actually be like Salem, and you you don't expect Sleepy Hollow to actually tell the story of Sleepy Hollow. Because it doesn't. Just sort of go with it. And it's funny which characters stand out. It's a very... How are we describing this the other day? It's a very supernatural-esque, but wild oh, it took It took, like, all the best parts of, like supernatural and and firefly a yes. little bit it, so so it took the westerny from firefly and the horror from supernatural but it's all basically ladies being awesome yeah it's a very strong woman focused show and it's yet another example of the fact that sci-fi can make some real clunkers but they are pretty consistently good at making scripted tv Wait a minute, didn't they reference Sharknado in this, too? Didn't they say it looked like Sharknado came through here at one point? I believe they, they did. did. Yeah, That's, that's almost... No, that that's almost what kills it right no, there. No, no, it was hilarious in context. It was hilarious It was context. really funny. It might, have, it might have been another show we were watching, but... No, I'm because, pretty but sure I, yeah. it was this one. But every time we start to make fun of sci-fi, I'm like, you know what, though? They really do. They Sometimes do good scripted TV. Sometimes they rock it out. Sometimes they rock it out. And they can pick some winners. And this is definitely a winner. And well, and Z Nation is also a winner. I mean, when you have an episode that, that can be serious and somber, but also reference the Donner Party. <laughs> and then not be serious. Yeah, it's pretty good. I suppose, yeah. Also, they had, they had a cannibal story that didn't make Kriana squeamish, really angry. Yeah, humans are the real evil. No, it wasn't that actually. Uh, well, yes, it is. Yes and no. Maybe with yes and no. Kriana gets really mad about cannibalism stories, and I think it's because she is afraid of them. Or. And her fear makes her anger. Or I secretly am one, and I'm trying to cover it up. Just like Shia LaBeouf. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Now it's stuck in my head. I know, you're welcome. I'm going to go watch that video on YouTube (laughs) while you guys talk about something else. It's lovely. (laughs) It's a great show. Everyone should watch it. Almost all the TV is gone right now, except for this and Archer. Archer's back, so that's awesome. Other than that, you know, it's funny uh, that uh, we were talking about Adam West uh, actually before the show. <laughs> and, we haven't finished uh, Gotham yet. Actually, we need to finish. Gotham. Uh, I I haven't at all, and I'm going to actually shotgun season two. 
we never <laughs> finished Agent Carter, and we never started Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this year. This is why, you know what? I just figured it out. Mm-hmm. This is why Dome isn't as good at segues as Java. Why is that? Because he allows himself to be distracted. Mm. <laughs> you just let Kriana derail your segue, Dome. Totally. Yes, I know. So Java go powers through that. Um, Adam West and Burt Ward are now working on a an animated project uh, based on the Batman and Robin series that they did the way back time? in the 60s. No, yeah, well, and that kind of surprises acting, me, too. So I'm sure they don't have to be together ever. Do they know yeah. that the other... They may not. Huh. Wonder how that works. But cool, I guess. So, yeah. I I mean, I'm looking forward to it from that point of view, I think. I think I really want to see that happen. Um, I'm not sure, but I think I do. I think that as long as they are aware of how funny that show was, it'll be okay. I don't know that they are. Well, here's the thing. I mean, the live action Batman was very aware that it, of that the it was camp a nature. Show. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was all yeah, camp that one was. All. So if they make the, if it's kind of an Archer esque, like if you took Archer and made it safe for work, it would not be funny. It would not be as funny. But like, <laughs> holy shit, snacks. If they took it, let's, let's See, like, it's not funny without that. It's not funny without phrasing. But if they no, and that's going to be there. It the same kind of campy, funny thing, and they don't try to make it dark and gritty, it'll be good. Yeah. If they try to, like, Christian bail it up, they're going to have problems. Right. I don't I'm think just, that's ever going to happen. I'm looking at this news list, and I just... They wanna, need newsies, Christian Bale, not I want to cry, wanna cry about this list of news that's on here. Why is that? Um, there's going to be an Aquaman movie? Fuck that. Oh, you knew that that, that's been coming for two years. Okay, well, DC, go just slit your wrists right now. Well, and and that's... You're just bleeding out money because no one's going to go to that. No, but, like, they're trying really hard because they took the guy from Game of Thrones and made him Aquaman. No one gives a shit about Aquaman. That's, like, the first rule of Aquaman is Aquaman is lame. (laughs) He's yep. even lamer than Captain America. And Actually, Captain America's kind of a douche lame. I'm going to reveal a secret. Uh-oh. I may have worked um, with a series of people who were professionally Aquaman um, at a certain place that I'm not going to name just in case. And part of uh, being told that you were going to be Aquaman was being told to expect disappointment that you were not a different superhero. Right? Nobody likes Aquaman. There were canned answers for all of the heroes, and one of Aquaman's was, like, one of the questions they told Aquaman to expect was, why are you even here? I mean, DC's just shitting itself lately, except for things like Gotham. Yeah, but that's that's not the DC movie department. Yeah, that's well, so, actually oh, fine. The DC movie department is shitting itself. Yes, and you know what they they always have. To be fair, Marvel made Ant Man. Yeah. yeah, but to be fair, Ant Man got a better uh, response. 
that Batman versus Superman did. I don't know why that movie was made. Like there are a lot of people asking that like, question. Who thought this was a good idea? Because literally no one wanted it to happen. Anyway, I, th- so, I think we want to. I think we want to stop with because. Uh, yeah. Well, hang <laughs> because... on. I want to get through a couple more of these. Number two, okay. they're remaking Twin Peaks. They are. That's a terrible idea. No, see, that's where I'll disagree with you on that one. I think that's an amazing idea based on the fact that most of the original cast has come back, the original directors okay, and the original that's an writers. that's an even worse idea. What's the freaking point The point remaking is... it with the same cast? Oh, no. I think it's a great idea. An absolutely great idea. This is this is just like um what's that show, Broadchurch, was it Sombrarian? Oh, that they and made in they, England and then did an American version yes. of it. What the fuck was the point of that? Dan oh, Dennett was in both season. of them. What? They did a second season of Broadchurch, and I was like, there were zero unanswered questions. I never finished the first. There's season. no way to so continue boring. that story, and yet they did. I didn't watch it. In the British version or the American version? The British version. <sighs> and the they British version was the good season. one. This, this like, is like this is how I feel about this. It's like saying, "Let's remake the Rocky Horror Picture Show." They're doing that. We got Susan Sarandon, and you <laughs> just want to shoot yourself in the fucking face. There's no but they, for it. Actually, I don't think they have Susan Sarandon for that. Obviously, they wouldn't. Don't. That was my point. Hmm. That was my point, is that there's no point in remaking something if you're just going to do the same thing. There's no point in remaking it anyway. It's a classic. Let it be. I don't understand what the point of remaking it is. The point of putting a, a, a third season of Twin Peaks together... There were a ton of unanswered questions. Oh, so... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, not, back look, up. It's because, not a remake of Twin Peaks. No, it's, it's season three. It's okay, well, season three. You could have okay. avoided like ten whole minutes there if you just corrected me on that. Like <coughs> ten minutes. That makes ago. way more sense. Do you know that you're really hard to correct, though, Kriana? Okay, but I said, <laughs> "Is this a remake?" Once you, you said, hit yes. your roll, it's no. Hard no once to you slow start your role. stride, there's just no way to to derail you other than a bomb. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of. Don't you dare. Things that make me want to gag and bombs. The Suicide Squad can rot in hell. Oh, the Suicide Squad is going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. Pass. Well, you can pass on that. But I'm telling you right now that there's (coughs) a following for that group of characters. And what I've seen of it with with Jared Leto just looks amazing. And I I hope it makes... I hope it me- I hope it meets the expectations. I don't know that it will, but I'm willing to give that one a chance more than I'm willing to give Aquaman. Sure. Well, finally, actually, the last you know thing- what? Just what? because I was ra- raised on the late '80s, early '90s underdog genre of movies, i.e., right. Mighty Ducks, Bad News Bears, Sandlot, <laughs> oh right, etc. I'm kind of rooting for Aquaman. Really? <laughs> like, I really Are want you it. joking right now? Also, because I think it would be hilarious if it turns out that Aquaman is amazing. Like, 
it might be kind of really disgusting. Yeah, you're also absolutely- also if you've seen like the promotional photos that are out so far, it really looks like the the um the storyline is going to be Aquaman versus the BP oil spill. So basically, Big Oil is going to tank this. <laughs> Something yes, like that, yeah. Pun intended. Pun intended, 100%. I'm dying! I'm gonna fall off the couch again! Don't fall off the couch again. Yeah, I, I wanna leave you with, because I don't care about that other one in there. Um, any show that Netflix makes is probably good. Except for Daredevil. I'll consider that one the fluke. So if they're that's, making a yeah, ton that's of the exception if they if they're making a ton of ton of other shit for Marvel, fuck yeah. I I, I will worry actually, about I will Electra. actually watch their version of Electra. You know what? They did a fucking awesome job with Jessica Jones. Ooh, no question about that. You, you go for Electra Netflix. No question you about that. You fucking go for Electra Netflix. And they, excuse me, She Hulk. Excuse me. Yeah. She-Hulk, Dome absolutely. is really excited. Damn right. Know, for reasons. Damn right I am. But, you know... Although I do hope that they don't fall into a trap of being like, oh, our, you know, our comic book superhero shows are doing really well. Let's keep going with that. Why? Um, There's a lot of comic books that would be really, really nifty TV shows. Well, right, but I... They don't have to be superhero comics. Is Cloak and Dagger actually a superhero comic? I thought it uh, was... It it is, yes, in that there are superheroes involved in it, but it's not strict. It's it's one of those yes and no deals with Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. But Bullseye, Electra, She-Hulk, absolutely. The Defenders, again, not so much. I actually, what I really want Netflix to do is... um, X-Men. Well... Yes, I, I just do. thought of that. It came to my mind as you were saying. Love that. X-Men a lot. Um, but no, what I want them to do is um some of the more fantasy-based uh what I would consider Those? fantasy-based comic books like um I would love it if they picked up Constantine. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, oh, Netflix um, could do that shit. Oh. Fables. Uh, that would be harder. That would be significantly harder. That Lock one might be better for HBO. Yeah. Lock and Key? That would be more than significantly harder. Now, Lock and Key's been, you know, bandied around two or three times by it's different networks. It's not going to adapt well. It's uh, just not. But HBO's talking about it now. Of course they are, because HBO is still has their dick in Game of Thrones. Yep. They do. And <laughs> Sorry. They're, they're looking at all the other pretty girls in the porno room and going, oh, hmm, good who's Lord. next? No. <laughs> yeah, no, Lock and Key is not going to translate to the screen well. It's too trippy. It's awesome. I love it. I love that it's so trippy. It's amazing. I kind think... of like that um, adaptation. What did? What was the one we watched? Where it had Keanu Reeves in it. It's the Philip K. Dick Scanner Darkly. Oh, yeah. And you watch that movie and you're like, oh my gosh, I was not high when I started watching this. And now oh, I feel like I like should have been because I feel drawn, like I'm high now. Kind the one, of live action? The one that yeah. flows in and out of rotoscoping. Yes. That was horrible. Yes. 
No, that was amazing. Yeah, I hated no. that movie. I hated it. <laughs> it and yet, no. It no, was like, it made me want to barf. Like, I couldn't yeah. even watch it. I will say, Dome, that as someone who has not read the book, it was impossible to follow. Yeah, really? it absolutely was. So, but so is the book. <laughs> because you have to does understand. does not surprise me. You have to understand, you know, at what point during his career Philip K. Dick wrote that. The point but, where he had Alzheimer's? Uh, no. Okay. Just guessing here. Wrong guess, but that's okay. Well, I gave it a shot. Indeed, and someday you'll be shot for it. Maybe. But my point is, if no one can make sense of it, is it really worth reading? Absolutely. Why? Read it and find out. (laughs) And on that note... I mean, if I really want to read something that doesn't make sense, I will read James Joyce. I will never read James Joyce. See? Read it. You might learn something. Coming up on the coming up calendar in the next couple of weeks, June 11th, Gary Crazy Man, Beautiful Shirt Summers, comes in to talk about Northeast Comic Con. June 25th, Griffin S. comes in to share a little phone hugs and therapy and talk about his latest projects. And later on in July, Sarah Richard joins us to catch her up on what's going on and what it was like on Easter Island because Easter Island is cool. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Raticon, Comic-Con, In New Hampshire, visit Merrimack Comics at ComicArthouse.com. This is Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art. Our intro music production was provided by Bob Watts. His predictions on the problem of the Our outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out or their song, Lawrence Made Me Cry. I want to thank our guest, Chase Masterson, for joining us tonight. Please, if you get a chance, check out the amazing Perfections. Thank you so much for our cast tonight. From the Act in Action Time, for the Sweetheart of the Soundbird and the Woman of Words, Brianna Zumberkin. Thank you so much, ladies. I like James Joyce. That's my aunt, Slappy. This is Dome saying Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Oh, I know.